Hello, Cleveland. Playoff bound Cleveland Browns fans. Dog pound, it happened. It's real. Flacco mania is real. The Cleveland Browns are headed to the playoffs. The Cleveland Browns have a shot at being the number one seed in the AFC. I don't know that they'll make that, but they are going to the playoffs. And by the way, I don't think that the home field advantage is really all that important. It's kind of overrated, and there are teams that have made it as a wild card. This could happen. It could really happen. The Browns are catching fire at the right time. Despite all the injuries, things are coming together. It could happen. It's really crazy. Flacomania is real. Now, I don't want to get too crazy about a victory over the New York Jets. Anybody that's followed the uh, blog <laughs> in Cleveland know that I've been down on the New York Jets for a long time. I'm not impressed with them. I'm not even impressed by Aaron Rodgers. I think he's not quite the Aaron Rodgers that we knew. Now, Aaron Rodgers is a dual threat quarterback, and well, he's getting up there in age. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know about that. I think that he's Aaron Rodgers, man, had the greatest offseason of any quarterback in history. Let me tweak my microphone here. I'm going to need to do that when other uh, fanatical elves join us. I want to tweak the audio here. This will sound a little bit better. Okay, got it. All right, I'm back. Um, yeah, so a lot of things happen that I want to call your attention to. First of all, right off the bat, what is the thing that we hear about Kevin Stefanski over and over, especially, you know, it got really obnoxious last year about, we don't like Kevin Stefanski's play calls. Why does he always go for it on fourth down? And, well, I'm going to tell you why he went for it on fourth down. I'm going to try to explain it as succinctly as possible, uh, especially this time, uh, you know, we had a new kicker and he missed an extra point attempt, okay? Now, last season... We had this science fiction narrative going where we had the next Justin Tucker. If you do a search on Twitter about Justin Tucker and Cade York together, there's an unbelievable number of comments from Browns fans that said that Cade York was going to be the next Justin Tucker. And I, you know, for whatever reason, foolishly, I I tried to suggest that this was kind of premature, guys. Cade York has a very strong leg. There's no question about that. He's in the Justin Tucker class for strength and distance. But there's no evidence that he can actually kick accurately. He did not kick impressively accurately in college at Louisiana State, and he hasn't put up accurate numbers in Cleveland. You know, he did have, you know, some, uh, you know, a game-winning kick for long distance early on, and that was really nice, but he didn't consistently kick accurately at the pro level. Didn't do it in college. Let's not call him Justin Tucker quite yet. Okay, well, okay, of course, I was booed 
soundly and told that I was an illiterate because I couldn't read the wise comments from people who were absolutely convinced that he was Justin Tucker. All right. So therefore, I, along with Kevin Stefanski, were illiterate morons for advocating going for it on fourth down. But here's what the reasoning is for about the 10 millionth time uh, that the mathematicians have figured out that if you're on like inside the five yard line and you miss, you are likely to still score the next uh, points because you're so close to the goal line that the other team is not very likely to score on a 95-yard drive. They're not even that likely to score on a field goal because it's so far away from the goal line that you're more likely to cash in on a turnover or even just uh, you know trading uh, punts and stuff and playing the field position game. You're closer to their goal line than they are to yours. You're more likely to score. All right, and that's been proven any number of ways by just collecting data over and over again. But field position matters, and if you give up the field position, um, you know, if you uh, kick a field goal and then have to uh, kick off and move the ball back, that's actually a disadvantage. You're giving up some valuable field position and so you're really kind of almost better off even if you miss you get some you know like a point and a half for having really good field position by by boxing your opponent in within the five yard line that's a big advantage for the defense and that's exactly what happened the browns um, boxed in new york at the four-yard line, and the Browns were the team that scored next, okay? So it wasn't stupid, as you thought, to go for it on fourth down. Now, it would have been even better had they converted on fourth down and actually scored the points right there, but they wound up having a second chance to score because they were able to pick off uh, – Trevor Simeon and score that way. Uh, those things do happen. You know, that's been shown over and over again. And especially if you believe in your defense, and I've advocated all season long that you should believe in the Browns' defense more so than you believe in the offense and this team. If you believe in the defense, you should believe that the defense is going to contain the Jets' offense. Do you understand that the Jets offense really does stink? That they really, you know, they haven't had good quarterbacking at that position. Every time they have a good quarterback, they've gotten rid of him. I mean, it wasn't just Flacco. They had a decent quarterback, backup quarterback, no less. But still, Mike White was a pretty good quarterback, and they couldn't stand him either. They got rid of both Mike White and Joe Flacco. And the reason was that when they got Aaron Rodgers, their franchise quarterback, they love their franchise quarterback. And, you know, they're going to spend, I don't know what, $40 million a year for him. They didn't want to hurt the 
feelings of, you know, their other franchise quarterback, Zach. And so they decided, let's not have any competition. And so Zach was made the second string quarterback and they got rid of both veterans, both um, uh, Joe Flacco and Mike White were allowed to leave the team. They basically waved goodbye. We don't, we don't want you. And uh, that's how they wound up making uh, their first overall draft pick uh, became the uh, Zach Wilson became the entrenched quarterback of the future back up to Aaron Rodgers and heir apparent to the job. That's why they did it. And that was stupid. Uh, over and over again, I have explained why, especially in a 17-game season, I believe that teams should aspire to be a quarterback factory and to have as many good quarterbacks as they can get, that they need to have three in order to survive a season. There's, there's no reason not to have three good quarterbacks. You can always... Uh, you know, have a, a good young quarterback that you'll keep for the next uh, two or three years, keep him on the roster, a developmental quarterback, and then have a veteran that you'd use right away. Quarterbacks uh, uh, aren't really that uh, instantaneously developed. You have to, to – get them to really become familiar with your playbook and they improve year to year. It's not like, you know, I think really fantasy football has ruined the minds of a lot of fans. They think that you can just get a quarterback and have them perform immediately, trade them to another team and have them perform. And I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe it's true in the case of Joe Flacco. But anyway, so I made it that point that the fourth down play call was the right call. The thing that is totally amazing is that the Browns won this game, scored a bunch of points, and they did it without their offensive MVP. Their true MVP, of course, is Nick Chubb. Nick's been gone for a long time. And then in his absence, Amari Cooper has been the MVP all season long. Uh, Amari Cooper was out of the game also. Uh, you know, the guy that is supposed to be the MVP is the quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson. I don't really think Deshaun Watson is that good. I think he's an acceptable quarterback. He's better than average. I do not uh, subscribe to the notion that he is a franchise quarterback and that he is actually worth uh, $64 million per season, which is what his current cap hit is scheduled to be starting next season. And I think Joe Flacco has kind of proven that, that if you have an acceptable quarterback, but you have a really good game plan, and you have good players all around him, uh, then you know you can perform. You don't need to spend uh, a two hundred and thirty million dollars for a five-year contract in order to have an offensive team. I think really the Deshaun Watson deal uh, 
has been shown to be probably one of the worst trades that the Browns have ever made. Uh, they could use three first-round draft picks and uh, three day two draft picks. They could use the $230 million of cap space. Nevertheless, for this season, this may be the best opportunity that they will ever have to go deep into the playoffs. Very, very exciting stuff. Uh, I don't know how they did it. Um, we talked about that last uh, last game. They they ran some plays in which they passed out of running formations where they lined up a fullback, lined up uh, three tight ends, uh, which speaks to the uh, running formation. And um, they uh, were able to catch the uh, defenders off guard and throw passes. And um, I'm not sure why uh, why it worked uh, last week because the Browns were not gaining any yards on the ground. This week, however, with the same basically offensive line with two tackles that were, you know, like fourth and fifth string, uh, uh, you know, Jaron Christian and uh, James Hudson at the left tackle and right tackle position, respectively, uh, they were nevertheless able to run pretty well. And um, I don't know what's wrong with the New York Jets. They're supposed to have like one of the top five defenses in the NFL, and they couldn't stop anything. Or maybe I should say they wouldn't stop anything. Maybe they just sort of mailed it in, figuring that they were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and they just didn't really care anymore. Um, I, I can't explain it. I don't know why the Browns were so effective, but basically everything that the Browns wanted to run, even without the uh, star wide receiver that often demands double coverage, uh, worked. The other guy that demands double coverage is David Njoku, the tight end. And he had like 100 yards receiving in the first quarter. Now, how did that happen? How do you have only one uh, receiving threat that demands double coverage, and yet he gets 100 receiving yards in the first quarter? And I think he got a little bit banged up in the second quarter where he took a really hard hit uh, on, an, uh, on that uh, play in which he actually fumbled. Uh, he got hit pretty hard, and I'm not sure that they used him as much after that. He, you know, he wasn't hurt badly enough that he had to come out of the game, but I think that they decided that they were going to take it easy a little bit, uh, not use him as much, and they uh, put uh, the other tight ends um, in, in the game a little bit more. But um, nevertheless, um, his production went down for the rest of the game there. But the thing is, in the first quarter, you knew that there was only one receiving threat that was worthy of double coverage, and he went wild on the Jets' defense. How did that happen? Um, haven't had a chance to look at the film yet, but I think that's just kind of incredible, uh, just incredible that uh, the Browns were able to do that only had one guy that had to have double coverage 
and he gets 100 yards in the first quarter. How does that happen to a defense that is supposed to be um, uh, supposed to be top five? Really? Uh, Coach Sala is supposed to be a top defensive coach. I think he is, but uh, the team just seems to be lost. Uh, maybe it's the fault of uh, the um, – New York media that is um, just uh, totally, you know, puts more pressure on uh, the New York Jets than just about any other team in the NFL. Um, maybe that has a partial explanation that they, they just really, you know, they're human and maybe they just, didn't have what it takes uh, at a certain point. Um, I was kind of amused at, uh, you know, because Flacco was a former New York Jet, uh, after the game, a lot of the, his former teammates came up uh, to congratulate him. Um, And, yeah, let me show you some stuff from uh, Twitter that's just popped up. Okay, here's Joe being congratulated by his fellow guys. Chanting your name, yep. Yeah. See, they're chanting your name, Chanting Joe. your name, yep. Chanting your name, yep. <laughs> That's crazy. Chanting your name. <laughs> so <clears throat> it tells you a little bit something about the high regard that uh, Joe has uh, even now with his teammates in New York. They really liked him. And, uh, you know, even though the Jets lost that game, they were happy for him personally. And uh, I think that was pretty cool that they were uh, willing to congratulate him. And uh, some comments. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Hollywood Brown. Yeah, Mary Kay Cabot. Joe Flacco wins four straight games. Thank you, Mary Kay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Robert Griffin III. We remember him. He was a former Browns quarterback. Uh, we wish that we'd have had him in 2017. We wouldn't have gone 0-16, even though uh, RG3 you know, wasn't a superstar by then. <laughs> okay, RG3 says, Jet fans are living a nightmare watching the quarterback they could have signed after Aaron Rodgers' injury ball out and lead the Browns to the playoffs. And Joe Flacco wanted to sign with the Jets before the Browns ever came calling. Dang. Yeah, well, okay, and why did they do that? And, you know, my theory is that they didn't want to, he uh, to hurt Zach Wilson's feelings. 
they thought that uh, they wanted to make him feel secure that he was going to be their quarterback of the future. And again, those who know me know that I believe that in football, you need to have competition at those positions, uh, uh, specifically the, you know, the, the uh, positions of quarterback, punter, and kicker. Uh, you don't coddle those positions. You get them used to competing. Just every year you bring in somebody, you have them compete, in, at least in training camp, and you just have guys around the league that know the stadium, are used to working out there, understand the wind currents and stuff like that, and the field conditions, and are familiar with at least the basics of your playbook. One thing that I am still upset about is that the uh, Browns do not have a third-string quarterback at all. There is nobody on the practice squad that would be available to uh, come in if there is an injury to either Joe Flacco. Remember, Joe is, you know, he's 38 years old. I think it's a good thing that he's been able to have extra time to heal up because, you know, for a while he was getting pretty banged up as the starter uh, in Baltimore. But, um, you know, taking some time off probably did him some good. Uh, and then our other guy is uh, P.J. Walker, who's only five foot ten, And maybe that's not big enough and robust enough to be a starter in the NFL. I think P.J., you know, in the past he has had streaks where he has been successful uh, as an NFL quarterback, and I think that we could be confident that he would be able to handle the job uh, for a limited amount of time and uh, that he can, you know, he beat, he led the team against San Francisco and he beat San Francisco, or he was, I should say, led the team to victory as the starter against the San Francisco 49ers this season when the 49ers were perceived to be the cream of the crop in the NFL. So there's no reason if he can beat the 49ers that he can't beat just any team in the NFL uh, while being our quarterback. Um, but I think because of his small size, um, you know, he's, uh, what, almost three inches shorter than Baker Mayfield. It behooves the Browns to find somebody that could be his replacement. And I believe that on uh, Monday, the Browns are going to sign somebody off of a practice squad uh, from somewhere around the league. And it looks like... Could it be Johnny Cleveland? Well, it looks like Johnny Cleveland yes, is on a train headed south from Cleveland Stadium. I'm, I'm in the dark. <laughs> okay, yeah, it looks it like you're in the dark. Game. It was yeah, a great we're having game. a little bit of... Go ahead, I John. I know you've been talking about it. They, they've got that bid. Great first half. It, the stadium was electric in that first half 
Just a great, great game. Slowed down there in the second half, but hey, we got the win. Well, that is certainly true. It was a great game. The <laughs> it started out really great. I, I I wasn't really thrilled with the way that the defense played. I know you had some complaints uh, that we were following uh, each other on the yes. uh, cell phone a little bit. And you had some. <laughs> Uh, criticism of the running backs, although I thought they acquitted themselves pretty well uh, going into the game. I was not expecting much from the running backs at all, and I was saying that, you know, our tackles are fourth and fifth string, and they're better at pass blocking than than they are as run blocking uh, tackles. And so I thought, you know, the Jets are a top five defensive unit we probably can't run against these guys, and we're going to have to depend upon Mr. Flacco to throw 40 times a game, and we'd probably need 300 yards in order to win. So I was I was thrilled to see uh, you I know you know, Ford the put the ball on the carpet a couple times. I was still pretty thrilled to see that he he made yards and he looked great when he was not uh, not goofing it up. I believe he's the first quarterback to throw the ball for over 300 yards against the Jets in like 33 straight games. So not that the Jets are a superpower, but they have yeah. given up a 300-yard passer. Uh, so that was that was pretty impressive. David Ndoku yeah. was unbelievable. You thought he was going to go for 300 yards and break Amari Cooper's record from last week in that first quarter. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was something I really couldn't understand. Um You know, I was just commenting on that, that with Amari Cooper out, there was only one receiver that was worth double covering. And so why Uh, can't this top five defense double cover David Njoku? What, how could they possibly, how could they let him score a hundred yards in the first quarter? There's one thing that they got to do. There's only one player that is really a massive threat going into the game and it's David Njoku. All they got to do is stop David Njoku and they can yes. shut down the Browns offense. It looks like on paper, that has to be their game plan on defense and they couldn't do it. Right. Absolutely. We, I, <laughs> I was, can't explain it. I think, what was it? After four receptions, he had 113 yards. I think he finished with 134, but it's like, it was crazy how wide open he was and just it's absolutely- at the stadium. I mean, he was so wide open. It's like, did somebody forget that David Njoku's on the field? <laughs> it was they forgot to cover him. I mean, he should have been double covered. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard, you know, when you're watching a game, you can't actually see the coverage downfield all the time. So I couldn't really, you know, necessarily tell. Have, I sound like Hugh Jackson. I have to review the film and see what was. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I, I don't understand – uh, what went wrong for the Jets' defense? But they they played like like donkeys. Frankly, they looked like they rolled over and died. On <laughs> I would not have been surprised if the Browns had won a game that was like uh, you know nineteen to three or something like that. Um, but the, that that they rang up thirty seven points against this supposedly yes. top five defense. That came as a shock. The fact that, yes. that uh, they were able to run effectively against the Jets, 
that came as a shock. A little um, bit, yes. You know, the, the, you know, you can criticize our guys for not hanging on the football, and that's true. But they weren't supposed to make yards against them at all. That is really a surprise. And yeah, that, it was. Well, it's an exciting, exciting night for Clevelanders. They're all the stadium was electric. The fans were excited. Uh, leaving the stadium, you know, everyone's excited about the playoffs now and. Uh, now we'll get to sit back and see what happens on Sunday and see if the Ratbirds get beat by the Dolphins. That's kind of what we're hoping for. Uh, we still got an outside shot at that number one seed. And uh, so we'll see what happens. But mm-hmm. I'm going to let you go, Elliot, and finish the show. Thanks so much for covering for our okay. post-game show on the Fanatical Elves. And uh, Browns fans rejoice. It was a great, great evening. And... Uh, I'll catch up with you soon, Elliot. Okay. Well, let me ask you one question. Does this mean? Yes. Does this mean that I have to? We have to root for Pittsburgh. Is that what this means? <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. We yeah. We have to root for the Squealers, which well, um, actually you know, though yeah, that's you know, a hard. About, it's going to be hard, but I'll, I'll confess this. You know, I've actually thought this through ever since. Uh, ever since the move to uh, Baltimore in 1994, that um, yes. rooting for Pittsburgh to beat Baltimore is actually not that big of a decision. I've already crossed that Rubicon. I will root for <laughs> any team. I will root for any team to uh, beat uh, to beat Baltimore. Absolutely, <laughs> including. Yeah, including um, yeah, I was going to mention some um, enemy nations of the United States that might field a football team. Except I better not do that on the air. I might get in trouble. Now, <laughs> Elliot, have a good night. Thank you so much. Go Browns, and the Browns win a big one tonight. Wow, Elliot, have All a great right. night and finish the show strong. I'll talk to okay. you. Okay. All right, great. That's Johnny Cleveland, everybody. Thank you for coming on the show. I'll keep on talking, and hopefully, by the way, fans, you can post your comments uh, right on the show, and we'll post them live, and uh, I'm just going to keep on talking as long as we've got viewers. Uh, It was just a really wonderful night. This is a night to celebrate. Um, This is only the second time that the Browns have – no, actually, that's not true. We've been in the playoffs uh, three times. <laughs> the New Browns have been in the playoffs three times. Remember, there was that time that we made uh, uh, a wild card and we wound up going to Pittsburgh uh, when Kelly Holcomb was uh, also a backup quarterback. Uh, Tim Couch had gotten injured, and it turned out that his injuries were much more severe than people realized. Uh, those were actually you know, there was actually a career ending injury uh, to his shoulder. In addition, I I think he had uh, something on the order of a broken leg or something that was the immediate injury, but he was also uh, dealing with a shoulder injury that ultimately ended his career. But Couch actually led the team to the playoffs in his fourth season with the Browns. A lot of people don't realize that, and it really makes me mad when they call him a draft bust. 
you know, look, he, you know, with that terrible expansion team and he was taking sacks for three years and he finally led the team to the playoffs in his fourth year. What exactly do you want him to have done uh, if, unless you want to criticize him for getting injured? You know, is that is that what you want? Is it you're going to call a guy a bust because he got injured? Is that what, what it means? If that's your criterion, then fine. But uh, he obviously had great ability because he led the offense. Uh, and uh, in that capacity, the Cleveland Browns made the playoffs. Kelly Holcomb took over for him and almost beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. That was a tremendous team, a tremendous effort in that playoff game. I will remember that game uh, all my life. It was just a, a great season overall. It just was not a good feeling when uh, we let that lead slip away. But both uh, Tim Couch and Kelly Holcomb did a great job that season for the Cleveland Browns. Thank you guys both. And uh, I'm, I'm upset at the fans that uh, weren't happy with our quarterback um, just because he got injured and uh, his career ended uh, years before it should have because, you know, I believe that the Browns didn't have the offensive line to properly protect them. That's really the reason. Okay, that happened. And then people also forget about Baker Mayfield uh, leading the Browns into the playoffs. And uh, they rang up, I think it was 48 points against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. That was a pretty good trick. Um, people forget that that happened. They talk about, oh, Baker Mayfield was a terrible quarterback and couldn't do this, couldn't do that. But uh, they won a playoff game. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, and they didn't just beat them. They spanked them good, and they rang up 48 points on offense. It was fantastic. And then they went to Kansas City, and they should have won that game. It was a terrible call by the officials. You will recall that Rashard Higgins um, was going to score a touchdown and uh, was uh, kept out of the end zone thanks to a helmet-to-helmet hit uh, that caused him to fumble, and uh, the fumble went through the end zone, and that was automatically uh, ruled a uh, change of possession and a touchback. And so Kansas City got the ball on the 20 yard line, which is totally ridiculous. But that's what the rule is. And uh, the uh, helmet to helmet hit somehow escaped the, the notice of the officials, even though everybody in the entire universe saw it, especially on replay. I don't know what they were looking at, but that's why there was a fumble, because it was a helmet to helmet hit. But Okay, that happened. Uh, you know, if you don't like uh, excruciating losses in the playoffs, don't show up for them because that's what usually happens. They have um, eight teams that show up. Well, actually, 16 teams that show up for the playoffs, and um, only one of them actually wins the Super Bowl. And so you're much more likely to be disappointed than rewarded. That's the way football is. And... Uh, if you can't take it, then don't show up for the playoffs. Um, I, you know, we all know that going into it. Um, 
I, I love football anyway because it is so hard. It is the hardest game in the world. It requires the finest athletes in the world to play it and requires the greatest brains in the sporting world in order to organize a team and to coach it. And that's why I think it's so fascinating. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a very mathematically oriented uh, person just by way of background. I have a master's degree in nuclear engineering from Ohio State University. I was in the Air Force. That's, that's why some people refer to me as a rocket scientist. That's sort of true. I don't know if it's totally my uh, lifelong uh, specialization, but yeah, I'm sort of a rocket scientist. And um, it's not simple to understand the uh, st statistical tendencies that go into making game decisions and to uh, draft players and to build a team, manage the salary cap. Those decisions are not simple. Uh, it may seem simple and to just say that uh, Stefanski is an idiot, Andrew Berry is an idiot, um, Jimmy Haslam is an idiot. Well, actually, he is, but his wife is really smart. But, but okay, uh, Jim, just listen to your wife and you'll do fine. That's good advice for most of us, in fact. Uh, I need to listen to my wife. That's my, you know, my real secret is listen to your wife, guys. It'll, it'll work out. And if JH3 will listen to D, the team will be successful. Um, but okay, so the you know the immediate reaction I have to the Browns victory, you know, first of all, we don't really care that much how it happened, but that it did happen is a really big news item. But like uh, I was saying to John, uh, I don't understand how the running game even worked based on the personnel that the Browns had and based on the reputation of the Jets' defense as a top-five unit. Uh, you, you know, Joel Cade and I were discussing earlier in the week, did the pros uh, you know, give up and play poorly when they don't have a legitimate uh, chance at winning? Uh, and I, I tend to think that, no, they, they play hard all the time just because when there's a 300-pound guy, 300 guy in front of you, uh, that's all the motivation you need to play your very best. But um, they really did, as a team, play poorly. They, they allowed the Browns to run effectively uh, against them. The Browns did turn the ball over and uh, the Jets were able to turn that into scores and the the game actually was closer than it appeared because of that. Um, but um, I did not anticipate that Jerome Ford would be as effective on the ground as he was. And um, I can't explain how he did it. Uh, I thought that the Browns' offensive line was much better suited for pass blocking, and uh, especially against a front four that's as powerful as the New York Jets are purported to be. Now, on the other hand, uh, this time of year, you can never be sure exactly how strong 
the uh, players at any position actually are. Everybody is injured to some degree, and uh, you can't be sure that the players are actually performing at their best. Uh, everybody is questionable to some extent, and you know the the big name players may not be playing at big name level. And um, certainly the New York Jets' uh, run defense was nowhere to be found. Um, let me just look up some stats. I was going to look that up on NFL.com, except it started making noise, and I don't want to do that. Let me go to the um, ESPN site that I'm looking at right now. Joe Flacco. Had 309 yards passing. Okay, that's pretty good. Three touchdowns, one INT. Could have thrown a few more, though. Uh, there were some dangerous balls that he threw, but uh, the Jets are only able to convert one. Uh, Jerome Ford, 12 carries, 64 yards, 5.3 average. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, Kareem Hunt, 10 carries, 31 yards, 3.1 average. But, of course, remember that uh, Kareem is often called upon in short yardage situations. So his 3.1 yards are, is much more acceptable than uh, Jay Random running back's 3.1 yards. Pierre Strong had four carries, 20, 29 yards, uh, 7.3 yards per carry average. Now, Pierre always gets, you know, a lot of yards per carry, so I, I keep on wanting to see more of him. Uh, the uh, coaching staff of the Browns seems to not be receptive to that. I don't know if it's a problem with him uh, carrying out the play calls properly, whether he's blocking well or what, <clears throat> but he's, he's been uh, pretty effective. Uh, his total... Uh, rushing yards, he's got 45 carries on the year for 197 yards. That's a 4.4 uh, yards per carry average. I'll take that. And he's also got five catches and 47 yards. Uh, that's 9.4 yards per reception. That's not half bad for the limited amount of time that he's been used. I, I'd say let's get him some more uh, snaps with the offensive unit. Um, now, who is he throwing to? I've said this several times already tonight that David Njoku was the main target. He should have been double covered from the get-go, and uh, I, I really can't explain how he could be uh, able to be open um, against this supposedly top-notch New York Jet defense. Of course, it is the New York Jets, and they find ways to screw things up. Uh, Ford had two catches for 57 yards. That's pretty good. Um, and let's see. Yeah, Ford was two receptions and three targets. And um, Kareem Hunt was also targeted once, but did not come up with the reception. 
So uh, Njoku and Elijah Moore were frequently targeted, and together they combined for 195 yards. Jerome Ford, two receptions, 57 yards. That's pretty incredible. Jordan Akins, the third-string tight end, had a reception for 28 yards. Harrison Bryant, two for 14. So he did spread the ball out pretty well. Uh, Cedric Tillman had only one reception out of four targets. We'd like to see more out of Tillman. Uh, David Bell had two catches out of three targets. Sort of meh. He had seven yards receiving. So not that super fantastic, but he he did, you know, he did participate. What the heck? So he gets the participation trophy, but... No, I wanted. I'm a little bit disappointed by that. I thought that he was going to have uh, possibly a big day uh, in the absence of his, uh, you know, normally he is uh, overshadowed, shall we say, by Amari Cooper. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe he got some additional coverage that he doesn't normally get. Okay, the turnovers. Man, there were a lot of turnovers. We had two fumbles by Flacco, one of which was recovered. Um, Ninjoku fumbled once. Pierre Strong fumbled once. Okay, well, maybe that's why we're not seeing as much of him as I wanted to. Okay, so as a team, the Browns put the ball on the carpet four times. That's way too many. Um, the New York Jets, on the other hand, fumbled only one time. And how many interceptions did Simeon throw? It was only one interception, although it was a bad one at the uh, near the, I think it was in the fourth quarter. So, hmm. Okay, so the Jets actually won the turnover battle, but they still lost on the scoreboard by a wide margin. Well, um, I think that's going to conclude the uh, broadcast for tonight. Thank you for everybody that uh, is watching. And uh, we'll post this on YouTube and uh, Apple and in you know all the other platforms that support us. Thank you, everyone, for the... Uh, Great support that we've been getting. And, oh, you know what? I forgot to leave some time for a commercial announcement in the middle, but I think John will be able to uh, splice in some commercial time uh, on the platforms. I'm sorry, John. I got so excited and had so much fun. I forgot to do it. But, okay. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you for all the support you've been giving us all season long. It's been great. We're having a lot of fun here, and congratulations once again to the Cleveland Browns, Coach Stefanski and, uh, and Coach uh, Jim Schwartz, Schwartz of the uh, defense. It's been a wonderful partnership. The team has been amazingly resilient and very entertaining, and I uh, can't wait to see how the Browns do uh 
against the Bengals. It would be awesome. Next game. Bye for now, everybody. We'll see you again soon.